is Off Script with Trish Glose. Intimate interviews and conversations with interesting people. And in front of my microphone today is Joelle Graves. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's nice to see you. It's been a while. Uh, Joelle is the executive director of the Rogue Valley Symphony, a title you were just handed a short time ago. July 1st. Okay. It's been going good? It's been going good. I just did a year of interim. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, in or other words, prove yourself <laughs> worthy. <laughs> Show us you can do it, Missy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, we're going to talk a lot about the symphony oh, and right. music in general because I know that's kind of your thing. Yeah. Not even kind of. It's a big, big it's part of my life. Huge part of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, but first, like I always do, I want to start off with where are you from originally? I'm from Sunnyvale, California. A California girl. Yeah, heart of the Silicon Valley. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. What was your childhood like? That's an interesting question. My, my childhood was challenging. Yeah? Yeah. I grew up in a really at-risk home, um, two alcoholic parents. So I think uh, very early I had to learn how to survive. Um, on your own. Yeah. It almost became a problem because um, later in life, because I became too good at fixing and finishing. Mm. So I had to learn how not to always fix and finish. Okay. So two alcoholic parents, mm -hmm. um, and this is all in California. Yeah. How long were you guys there? In Well, I was there um, from the time I was born. So I was born in Redwood City, okay. and then um, my mom... I had a couple of marriages and we moved around a, a little bit. I had a great stepfather um, and he raised me. But, you know, we, I was in Sunnyvale until I went to college. I, okay. I went to college and then I left home and um, tried to figure things out. Was real dad an alcoholic or was step stepdad? My stepdad. Okay, and yeah. your mom. Yeah. Okay, and when you say at risk, was there ever, was it just that? they were neglectful? Like, what do you mean by that? You know, they they didn't, uh, I guess my way of looking at it is they didn't mean to be neglectful, but the alcohol made them neglectful. So my mom um, was kind of on an every other day schedule. Mm -hmm. So as, a, as a, an 11 year old, I had a calendar and I would circle every other day on the calendar and I'd do it a whole year in advance and I would know which holidays my mom could be there for. Wow. You're saying every other day, every other day she was drinking? She was drunk. 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 And the other day she recuperated. And then the next day she did it again. And she never could break the cycle until three years before she died. And then I felt like I finally really met my mom. Really? Yeah. She was 63 and um, she kind of had a bunch of miracles happened in her life. We'd already moved to Oregon. So Allison was, oh, by that time, 10. And That's Col your first your first girl. My oldest daughter. And mm -hmm. then Colleen was five. Mm -hmm. And Grandma stopped drinking. She got hypnotized to stop smoking, and she stopped drinking instead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was awesome. <laughs> Whatever works. It was great. So you, going back to the calendar, you, how old mm -hmm. are you? Oh, I started doing that from the time I could go to Hallmark and pick up a calendar. Goodness. I would go get the little free one 
that was out there on display, mm -hmm. I would I would buy a couple little things, and um, I would I would plan ahead, and that way I would know if I would be cooking Thanksgiving, or should I finish up Christmas, or wow, what would happen on my birthday? Um, I never had a birthday party growing up, so I didn't really know how to do it when my girls were growing up. I was. I had to take it off of other people. Sure. That's a lot on a little kid. It was a lot. Did you have siblings? No. Only child. Only so child. You're, you're dealing with this on your own. On my own and keeping it the best secret I could mm -hmm. until I reunited with my favorite teacher in high school mm -hmm. last year. And she told me we all knew mm. we, were, we were watching out for you. So how many holidays then were you making things happen around the house. A lot. More than you can probably even number. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, and then when I left and I was in college, I just didn't know what to do. I, I had um, always leaned on women. I went and found strong women mm -hmm. to be role models. My best friend's mom was probably the best role model I ever had. She was a singer. She started providing me voice lessons on the side uh, she took me to everything she did. I started singing with her in her choirs when I was about 12. Do you think she knew about your parents? Yeah, I okay. think she knew. Who was your friend at the time? Rocky. Rocky? Rocky. And we had a group called Gentle Sunshine. <laughs> and we <laughs> A singing group? Singing group. And we wrote all our own songs and we sang at every coffee house in, between Palo Alto and Sunnyvale. That's really cute. In what the, would you sing? Oh, uh, Joni Mitchell, Judy mm -hmm. Collins, Beatles songs. Yes. Oh, great nice. stuff. White Bird. Uh, Rocky's mom? Rocky's what was, mom. What was her name? Marion. That's pretty special. Mrs. Cochran, I called her. That's pretty special. She taught me how to clean house. Um, so I went back and found her when I played Marion in The Music Man. I told her I was dedicating it to her, and I went and found her. She was living in Washington, and she and I talked about the whole thing. That's and really she, special. It was great, and she... I've had a lot of those moments with mm -hmm. women in my life, and um, and my father, who you asked about, my mm -hmm. dad uh, was gay. Real dad or step? Real dad. Real dad was gay. And my mom kept me from him, okay. so I saw him up until I was eight. Okay. Then not till I was eighteen, and then I went and found him myself. Was he still uh, or? He was in the Bay Area okay. where I was. Okay. He had been keeping an eye out on me. Because uh, he he's not an alcoholic. No. Okay. He okay. was an amazing, an amazing man. And he s sued for custody of me when I was two. And the judge said that it would be a better risk to leave me with my alcoholic mom. Are you kidding? Than a gay father. Are you kidding? Hitting me, and I found all the paperwork when my when my mom died, and I took it and I bundled it all up and I called my dad and said, "Can I come over?" And I go over and I said, "Dad, I just found this all this. I found your divorce papers and I found this." He fought for you. He fought for me, and hum and it went through humiliation and the risk of losing his job. This was in 1954. This was when you could. You could lose everything if you so let he, people he know. So he was openly gay. Yeah. And the judge, that's why the judge made that call. Yeah. Because no to your gay father, but yes to your alcoholic mother. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so my dad 
he he cried and he said I fought so hard and I just I couldn't win and so I asked him what do you want to do and he said let's burn it together <laughs> and so we put it in a bowl and we burned it well good for you it was awesome you know <laughs> you you talk you tell these stories with just this very sweet gentle voice does it does it make you angry uh, <laughs> well I'm, I'm sitting here crying no not anymore I was angry for a long, long time. Sure. Um, and then I saw, I, I was angry. Well, I asked all the time. I was raised Catholic. So I would pray, mm -hmm. why? Why me? I'm such a nice little girl. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sweet little girl. I, I try hard. I never miss school. <laughs> I'm really I good. I make Thanksgiving dinner for crying uh, out loud. Yeah, and a really good one. You should come sometime. I will. I will. Um, but uh, then I went to work in the prison system uh, in 1998. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> uh, th so I'll wrap this around for okay, you. Okay. And these boys, this was the prison in Grants Pass. That's a lockdown yes. facility there. Yes. And I was doing arts administration. And these boys, I walked in and they looked at me and they were like, whatever, you know, how this, this lady is going to teach me anything. She's such a wimp. And they, so they'd start trying their stuff on me. Yeah. And finally I told them, you guys, I can go story to story with you. You, you first. Let's see who has the best one. Right. Cause you have some zingers. I got some good ones. Okay. And then I realized why me? Oh, I, I could go in there and I. I, they changed me and I changed them. Right. You went through what you went through so you could change some other lives. Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Um, your stepdad, you said, was a great guy. He was. He was. He was a wonderful man. Um, I loved him so just as my father. Mm -hmm. He raised me all that time. Is he still around? Nope. He, he died young of a heart attack. Okay. And um, my mom died of her alcoholism. Right. So... They were both gone early. I mean, I was 40-something, and they were both gone. And Hank? Hank is my dad's partner. Hank, right. And so your yeah. dad, when your dad is still around, or he passed away? He died um, 10 years ago. Okay. Multiple myeloma. Okay. And Hank? Hank died three years ago. Right. And I remember yeah. you posted something on Facebook about Hank. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, when he was dying... Well, the funny part of the story is my dad decided to come out to me when he was 79. <laughs> and he, he did it in the cutest way up here. He did you know? Up, oh, yeah. I'd okay. always known. But just hearing it from him was... I know. It was so cute. Yeah. Um, he told me it was too hard to say the words because he and Hank had, had gone through that period of time where there was so much judgmental attitude towards anyone. Sure. And they were both afraid. Um, would their families support them? what would happen mm -hmm. and so my dad told me when he thought he was getting sick and he he said i need you to promise you'll take care of hank and so that's when i was able to say gosh dad i thanks for telling me <laughs> but i kind of knew right <laughs> well because how long had these two been living to get years. you're like I, okay i kind of can put two and two together i know 50 right. years hey yeah hank taught me how to dance how to be an even better cook, um, how to garden. He taught me a lot of the things I'm really passionate about. That's amazing. And he was always Uncle Hunk. 
Mm. And he was a hunk. He was Puerto Rican and Mexican. He was so handsome. Just a stunner. Wore boots and cowboy hats all the time. <laughs> Played a mean accordion. <laughs> so my dad was a concert pianist where the music comes from, sure. I guess. And so he would play piano and Hank would play accordion and I would sing and that would be the entertainment for the whole mobile Okay, home stop. <laughs> That's pretty cute. It was pretty cute. Now, where did they live? In Mountain View. Okay, which so is still Silicon Valley Still area. right down there. Okay. Yeah. And did you ever, you know, obviously you knew, but clearly 50 years, that's that's a partnership in yeah. every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were quite the pair. I mean, everyone adored them. Mm -hmm. For a short period of time during the AIDS crisis, in the 80s, they were managing an apartment building in Palo Alto that was all men living with AIDS. Mm -hmm. And they were the power of, of uh, attorney for all these guys. Wow. And they made sure they got to their doctor's appointments and they advocated for them. And my dad didn't really tell me that until later either. He, he was very private about it all. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a combination of pride and uh, embarrassment because he'd grown up thinking, mm -hmm. I can't let anyone know this is right. who I am. And I'm sure coming out to you before he leaves this world yeah. was huge. Because even though you did know, yeah. I think saying the words for someone. That's it. That's that's it. Saying the words. And yeah. I actually wrote a short story about it, about saying the words. Because well, when he went to the hospital, he was in the VA hospital, and I, I had to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. I had to demand that. Hank be allowed access, and it, it was tough. I just mm -hmm. sat everybody down and said, mm, no, mm -hmm. this isn't how this is going to play out. It seems incredibly silly, doesn't it, when you yeah. look at it? Yeah, like, just loving people, right? Loving people, taking care of other people. Exactly, and you, you love who you love. Yeah. And at the end of the day, these two have decided that, I mean, 50 years, come on, like, yeah, that's better than a lot of marriages people see. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they just want to make sure that their loved one is taken mm -hmm. care of the right way. Yeah. It just seems so silly when you look back on it. It really is. And when Hank died, his family came from all over California mm -hmm. to the little memorial we had, and they would walk in and see me and say, "Oh, it's Joelle." Because he called me Joelle, <laughs> and um, oh, and they remembered me from when I was just little, and uh, they told me all these stories about them, and just uh, even mm -hmm. more assuring to me that mm -hmm. my relationship with my father was probably the closest, dearest thing I, I ever would have. It's almost like we, we need to go find that judge. <laughs> I wanted to find that judge. He was long gone. I would have gone and made an appointment with him. Look, buddy. Hey, hope you've changed your mind since then. Uh, yeah, the number of kids. I, I thought about that the whole time I was growing up, of why why are people not helping me? Why isn't any, in that era, uh, counselors at school, if they knew, they, they didn't make it. It's almost like stay out of it. Yeah. Yikes. They just watched out, but mm, it was tough. And now you look at resources we have for kids who 
have alcoholic parents or neglectful parents or abusive parents. And yeah. Um, yeah. while I'm sure a lot of people would argue there's not enough out there that's done for, for children in those situations, but gosh, right. it's better than it used to be. Yeah, thank God for CASA, right? Oh, absolutely. If I'd had a CASA, oh my goodness. Well, I, I, had, I had some. This mm-hmm. wasn't official. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So looking back on that too, because you're not you're not an old gal by any stretch of the meat, but all of all of your people in your life have 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 left. Yeah, I guess they have. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I feel like I'm making you cry. It's okay. And there's no Kleenex in here. <laughs> sorry, excuse me for wiping my nose in front of you. It's all right. I but might have one in my purse, but I don't think so. It's quite therapeutic, though. This is a good conversation. Yeah, I didn't even think we'd go here. Well, <laughs> but I love you that never, we have. You never know where we're going to go. So when uh, Hank left, because Hank was really, when Hank passed away, yeah. he was really kind of the the last sort of, parental type figure in your life. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm the parental type figure. Oh, you're grandma. Yeah, I'm grandma. You are. Yeah. Hazel just said to me yesterday, we were FaceTiming and she looked at me and we had that moment where we just look at each other and she said, you know what I'm thinking, don't you? (laughs) We just, we just read each other's minds. And I said, yes, I do. That's pretty sweet. And it, she's she's a sweet girl. She she's a lot like her grandpa. She has his heart. Oh yeah, I love that loving heart. So let's go back a little bit. High right. school. What were you like in high school? Oh well, I won most talented in my senior class. Boom. So because you were singing in high school. Yeah, I okay. was performing. I was acting. Uh, so I, I was I was right into that. Um, that saved me in a lot of ways. Is that what you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to be a professional singer and actress. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I'm told by my classmates who, you know, we've all reunited now that Facebook is alive and well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all told me that they, they wondered, wondered about me. Hmm. That I was very quiet, very shy, didn't share a lot about my family. Uh, never had anyone over. So they kind of wondered about me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had a lot of really dear friends. I loved high school. Yeah. It was great. And then what came after high school? I went to college. I went to junior college first. Okay. Because I happened to live near a junior college that had an amazing music program. Okay, so you went and did that. So I went and did that and um, got my AA there. And then I transferred to Arizona State. Well, then I got married a first time. Mm-hmm. So I got married when I was 19. Okay. And... That was a little soon, <laughs> a little early. Uh, um, also, because I was a child of an alcoholic, um, I, I had that tendency to want to fix, help, mm. repair. Pretty much everybody or? A- anybody okay. that came my way. And so I, I was trying to do that with my first husband. You think, and was marriage the solution or no, was it just like a, okay. it wasn't. But he, he, you know, he was a conductor. He was going to be a great conductor. Mm. How old was he? He was a year older than I. Okay. So he was 20, I was 19. So a couple of and, music nerds. And that's Allison's dad. That's Allison's dad. Yeah. Okay. You're firstborn. Yeah. Okay. And, and he's, he's, um, he's a wonderful man. I saw him again when she got married and it was a little bit like, oh, hey. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, hello there. Hi. <laughs> and that's your family. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you all. So how long were you guys married? <laughs> Seven years. Okay. 
Um, and then yeah. divorce was just inevitable. Yeah, it it uh, just for a lot of reasons, it just didn't it didn't end up being savable. Okay. <laughs> so how did your explain how this path then? How did you get up to Oregon? Because you you did some stuff in California. Yeah. And then you did theater and. Yeah, all I sorts was, of things. Yeah, I was a member of a conservatory company down there, Los Altos Conservatory Theater. And um, there were a whole little bevy of us. We did 10 shows a season. We did everything. We acted. We musical directed. We, we were taught how to do it all. Which and is, that's, in my opinion, that's the right way to do it. Yeah, like what you guys have to exactly. do. Exactly. Learn too. how to do everything. Learn how to do it all. Mm -hmm. And so um, we learned it all. And then it, it also made us appreciate everybody that was behind the scenes. For sure. Because you'd done it. And um, that's where I met Roger. Mr. Graves. Mr. Graves. He's a handsome devil. He, and he was then too. He's, and he's just, <laughs> and he's just a, a sweetheart, heart of gold. He's a rock. Mm -hmm. He really is. And um, so he's one of those answers to prayer. He's one of those people that I said, you know, I hope you're bringing me someone. I mean, are you even out there? Are you listening? <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thing on. Yeah. Um, because he he's the one that taught me that I could be anything. Oh, stop it. Yeah. So he and he told me early on. Oh, you just got to go for what you know you can do hmm. because there's so much. Just go for it. Try it. And you did. And I did. And he always supported every single thing I wanted to try and listened. And He must really love you. He must. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. Um, I put him through a lot in one job I had, and um, I didn't realize how much it got to him mm -hmm. and after and he just recently told me about the symphony this last year that I worked for them he just said to me this is the first time I've seen you back again in 10 years whoa that's heavy he said this is the girl I married oh <gasps> wow because I'm so happy and I just feel so settled mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful job. Like you found your place almost. I found it. Finally, I found the thing that everything lined up for me mm -hmm. to do. Okay. And I, uh, all the experiences I had, good and bad, mm -hmm. brought me to being able to do this job. That's fantastic. Yeah. What were some of the, um, you know, the, the plays and musical theater? Like, what, what are some of the ones that really stick out to you that you just had? a ball. Mm. Well, The King and I was the turning point for me when yeah. I played Mrs. Zana. And uh, my kids were old enough to come and be there and know, wow, that's my mom. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was a really big one for me. Where was that? In Grants Pass. Okay. It was when Rogue Music Theater was really uh, working outside and in its heyday. Mm -hmm. And then we would take the show to Brit. Oh. And so we did it for a weekend at Brit. Awesome. And then I did a, a series of shows there that were really career changing for me. Awesome. And then work. I did two seasons at the Shakespeare Festival. That was that was a whole nother learning curve, and awesome. When were you at uh, OSF? Ninety one and ninety three. So I just interviewed a couple weeks ago Brandy Carson. Oh. Okay. So you obviously know her. One of my favorite people. Well, yeah. So and she, we talked a lot about. Um, being an alcoholic. Yeah, 
And she really said her life started over at the age of 42 or 44. Yeah. But she was at, yeah. she was in the same, that was the same time period she was at OSF. Yeah. In fact, when, um, when Sneak Preview interviewed me and asked me who my favorite actress was, it was Brandi Carson. She's a hoot. She's a hoot. Yeah. Her partner is my go-to therapist, the person who knows how to help anyone who's been a child of an alcoholic. Wow. And when my mom died, she, that's how long I've been seeing this lady, she told me, watch out, here you come. Because now the voice that's been in your head all these years, mm -hmm. you can't do that. Why are you doing that? That's not, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It won't be there. Mm. There'll be nothing but Roger saying, you should do that. That's amazing. And she was right. I was like, whoa. Such a small little world. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. Well, Brandy's, oh, um, I believe it airs, we're, I think it's going up tomorrow. Okay. And I have, uh, I believe, I'd have to double check on that, but I've, I'm telling everybody you got to watch the video version of it. <sighs> if you are oh, used to listening I, to the, the podcast, you have to watch it because she's just. She's a hoot. She is a hoot. Yeah. She's an she's absolute hoot. One of the finest actresses here. Uh, just hands down. People mm -hmm. people would do anything to be in a show with her. She did The Music Man with me, and she played uh, Eulalie McKechnie Chin, or whatever her name is, <laughs> the one that's one Grecian urn. You know, she's that character. Yeah. Oh, my God. We just had to get used to the show is going to stop when she's doing anything. Because she's that wait, good. Just wait for the laughs. She's the, she's the actor on stage that people watch. Yep. Because there's always a handful of them that you just, you can't yeah, help. You but can't help it. You can't peel your eyes away from them. Yeah. And she she strikes me as that kind of person. Yep, she's stunning. She is stunning. And a great dog rescuer and yes. human being. Huge animal lover. Yeah, she's she's a great lady. Yes. I'm glad you found her. One of her, um, thank you, one of her uh, best advice she'd ever been given was uh, wear the world like a loose garment. And that has just stuck with me ever since we talked. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful, That's just a nice beautiful one. idea. I, like I really that. hope I got it right. That's nice. <laughs> I'm going to double check oh. really quick. Yes, wearing, wear the world like a loose garment. Hmm. Lovely, isn't that. it? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I know. It's quite mm -hmm. lovely. Um, speaking of um, OSF and Brit, you actually worked at the Brit for a handful of years. I did. I was education director there. That was fun because that played into music stuff? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first year when you, you get to see all the shows mm -hmm. and you're, like, there all the time because you, oh, my God, I can see this. Oh, I mm -hmm. can see this. I need to see that. Right. I don't know how many times I saw <laughs> Chicago. Um, yeah, it was great work, and the education program was ripe, and uh, we, we did some amazing things there. It was right after I'd finished working at the prison for five years. So <laughs> it sounds so funny. It really is. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's what we call it. Um, and I, I actually grieved losing that job. I'm sorry. It's just really funny. I had two seasons at OSF and then Brit, and that was after I worked at the prison. Prison. <laughs> well, really Loved quickly, that place. Really quickly, why did, did you want to work at a prison, or was it just? I wrote the grant for the program for them as a favor. And then the, 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 one of the best bosses I've ever had called me and he said, we got the grant and I want to give you the job. Oh, wow. And Did that take some soul searching or were you like, I'm in? I'm in. Hmm. I just knew. I just knew. 
And the minute <laughs> that door slammed behind my back when I went into the prison, yeah. and it is, it's just like on TV, it's just wham. Right. Uh, I felt this, whew, this is going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Five years you were there. Oh, I just loved it. And I'm sure you heard some incredible stories. Yeah, and I still have boys contacting me. I'm good. Uh, I've been good for years now. Um, you know, these kids were like me. They were just victims of their circumstances. Mm -hmm. They don't mean to be who they become. They just, uh, some of them aspired to be criminals. It's mm -hmm. what they had all around them. It's what they knew. It's what they knew, what they felt comfortable with. It was mm -hmm. their family. We had to teach them that it was up to them to find an, a new surroundings. That's got to make you feel good that some of them still contact you. Yeah, it is. And I, I follow their careers and mm -hmm. watch what they're doing. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that they mm -hmm. were able to. We all need one. We all above. need someone. You know, you yeah. had Rocky's mom. Yeah. We all need someone to just tell us that you're better than this. Mm -hmm. And I believe that you can be much more than you are now. Mm -hmm. We all need that person or a handful of them in our life. Yeah. I think because of what I went through as a kid, I've become a little more brazen when I notice something. I, I will just step up. So if I see a young person heading the wrong way or I know, I know what they're up to, mm -hmm. I, I will find a way to take them aside and say, I, want, I just need you to know that what you're doing is killing the people who love you. Mm. So what can we do to stop this? For sure. Well, how can we help? When I have a homeless uh, person in Ashland hit me up, and especially if it's a female, and I'll, I'll tell her, yeah, I, w I will definitely help you out right now if you will just call your grandma on my phone. Really? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I know there's people out there loving you, heartbroken. Because you're living this lifestyle. Because you're, where are they? They don't know where you are. Right. And so, yeah, I'll give you five bucks if you'll make the phone call. Wow. Never, ever had anyone take me up on it. Hmm. Interesting. I always think, though, we have a number of buttons on us, uh -huh. and you run across people who push a button here, and then yeah. someone else will push a button here, <laughs> to the point where all of your buttons are pushed, and yeah. then you kind of go, oh, I'm going to change now, because all of those buttons have been pushed for however long. Yes. So you never know what button you have pushed on those That's kids. That's true. And, and I was a person who who could have her buttons pushed mm -hmm. and went through years and years and years of peop uh, some people even figuring out how to push them. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until about three years ago, I mean, I'm 66 now, I didn't figure it out till I was 63. Better late than never. But I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of interesting. Something will happen and I'll be like, wow, that's so cool that I didn't feel the way I used to feel yeah. when that just came down. I can just, sort of like what Brandy was saying, mm -hmm. I can just wear it a little looser. Wear it like a loose garment. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Brandy Carson, yeah. for that insight. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up in just a second, but I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe last year, longer than that, 
the Mail Tribune did a story on you. Oh, yeah. About a letter you wrote. Yeah. I just got goosebumps to President Obama. Mr. Obama himself. Oh, my goodness. Okay, tell me the story. All right. So I was taking care of Roger's mom when she was in hospice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were sitting there talking, and I said, Mom, tell me your proudest moment. And she said, oh, well, you won't believe it. Okay, but I want to know. I figured it was when she adopted Roger, or it was, I had a million things that I thought she could tell me about. And she said, I voted for the first black president. Wow. Well, she was a diehard Republican. Okay. So then she went on to tell me about her use of the N-word throughout her life. Mm -hmm. And I used to have to call her out on it. Mm -hmm. uh, not in front of the kids, Mom. Right, right. Um, they were pretty prejudiced. And so it was a big, big deal. And so she told me all about what it felt like for her to cast that vote, how important it was for her to do it. She was 91 when she did it. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote him a letter and I told him, I just want you to know this before you leave the White House, that there's this 91-year-old lady who from Indiana who told me that her proudest moment was voting for the first African-American, well, she said black, mm -hmm. president. Because her, her mind had changed. Her mind had changed, and he changed it. He changed it, and I, so I told him the whole story, and then I started getting the phone calls from the White House. <laughs> and the first one, when Valerie Jarrett called me, his his uh, chief of staff, or she was his head, head I forget what position she had, but she calls and she says, hi, this is Valerie Jarrett calling from the White House. And I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yes. You're hilarious. This, this yeah. is Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she says, no, it really is me. And it turned out that um, that was when they were just letting me know that my letter had been chosen as one of the 10 a day that he would read personally hmm. out of the thousands, thousands he got a day. And then they called me to tell me that it was going upstairs to the, he was going to read it at the dinner table with the kids. And then three months later, they called me and told me it was being chosen for a New York Times article. And was it all right if they used it? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then three months ago, I found out that it's going to be in a book called To Obama. And he chose it as, as his number one favorite High letter. five. I know. Go you. And then I got my little thank you card from him, handwritten, and um, and I'm supposed to meet him in September when I go to see the book uh, being released. No way! I know. So That's I'm so like, exciting. What? And she said, "You might want to bring your whole family." Yeah. How <laughs> many can I bring? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, it's just such a simple letter. I wrote. I. I have read the other nine letters. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that this one was the one that resonated the most. You pushed one of his buttons. I pushed one of his buttons. That and the end button. Yeah. It it was it it means a lot mm -hmm. to know that someone went from that mm -hmm. to voting. For sure. Mm -hmm. Joelle, what a life. Uh, yeah. And you're still living it. I am. Full speed ahead. Living and loving it. I love it. Uh final three, best advice you've ever been given. Be your own miracle. Mm. Who gave you that advice? Ann Bartlett, Reverend Ann Bartlett, my priest at the Trinity Episcopal Church. And she said, you know what, Joelle, sometimes you just have to be your own miracle. You have. And I, I know how to do that now. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of courage. I'm sure. Because 
it's easier to just wait for one. Yeah, sometimes you Ask, just gotta. Wait. Sometimes you just gotta do it. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, um, that's mine. If you ever left this place, the Rogue Valley, Southern Oregon, <clears throat> and uh, what would bring you back? What would you miss the most? Oh, well, after I came back from England, I would. Oh, wow. What did I miss the most? I think the landscape, hmm. the beautiful landscape of these hills, the clouds that accumulate here, the sky, the colors that live in the Rogue Valley. It's what brought us here was Roger bringing me here and saying, ever since I was a kid, I've wanted to live here. Wow. So I think the beauty is what might bring me back. Okay. Well, thanks, Roger, for bringing her here. Yeah, we thanks, appreciate Rog. it. Um, and finally, if you were ever given a last meal and a last drink, a last beverage, what would that be? Wow. It'd be something my sister-in-law, Kelly, prepared. <laughs> okay. Because she's like the most amazing I, I might just have to have lobster, um, maybe two or three. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> butter? Oh, yeah, butter. Mm -hmm. Only butter. Mm -hmm. um, I'd want to, um, uh, my new favorite drink mm -hmm. is anything with rye. I like rye whiskey now. Look at you. I don't know why, but I drink a lot of mules with rye. Yeah. I love them. Um, and then I'd have to have lemon meringue pie. Okay. Yeah. You have to bring in the dessert. Yeah. For sure. I have a great drink recipe for you that includes rye whiskey. Okay. I'll tell you when we're done. I want it because I watch your drinks I, on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've said his name before. He, my <sighs> hubby is a great bartender. I can tell. He's just, uh, he's my local live-in bartender. <laughs> okay. I'd love to have it. <laughs> okay. I will definitely give you that recipe. You've been so much fun. Thanks, I say this Trish. every time, but... I think you need to come back. I feel like we, we need to talk about England. We, we need to talk about England. No, oh, I got we got to talk about that, and we got to talk about the symphony. I, I know. And we got my first name is Patricia. Ah, well, see, I'm just a Trisha. You're just a Trisha, but yeah. I was called Trish when what at one point in my life. Stop. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've always felt that that connection. Yeah. We do have a we do have a very good connection. Yeah. Music has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about all that next time you come back. All right. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play. Check out this video portion of this podcast on ktvl.com. All you have to do is click on features and then off script. Again, that's at ktvl.com. Joel Graves, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Oh, thank you, Trish.